Hey, welcome to the Army Podcast. I'm Joel Applebaum, the Chief Content Officer at Army. And for over 40 years, Army has been an industry leader in educating and informing risk management professionals. In this episode, we're delighted to bring you a snap talk from the 2019 Army Construction Risk Conference. It's titled, Using Wet Work Permits, and it's by Kevin Furlow. He's a construction risk engineer with AXA Excel, and he's gonna help you identify potentially devastating impact of water damage on projects, especially when they're near completion. I hope you enjoy it. Good afternoon. Uh, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day to uh, hopefully come and learn something. Um, so my topic is using wet work permits to prevent water damage losses. So this is specific to builder's risk insurance policies. And um, over the last 10 years, water damage has become a leading cause of loss for builder's risk policies. So um, having worked on several of these, um, we, we kind of put our heads together and said, we need something that contractors can implement easily it's not an expensive uh, fix. It's not a big change in the way they do things. Um, so I came up with this idea of adapting the hot work permit idea to apply it to water. So if you know what a hot work permit system is, then you already know what a wet work permit system is. So why do we need to talk about this? So when I say water damage losses, means different things to different people. So I wanted to show you this example loss to kind of frame the discussion, if you will. So this is on a project in California. It's a new hospital, uh, eight-story building with two stories underground. Um, the project was two months away from completion. So I mean, they were almost done. They're doing all the little finishes, doing punch lists. The owners, FF and E, uh, vendors and contractors are in the building, and down in the basement is the main communications room. So that's where the network servers, and the routers, transformer for the electrical supply, and all of the cabling, the, you know, the heart of a, a modern building really is the IT system. All that stuff comes into this room. So at 8.15 on a Monday morning, uh, an employee from the fire sprinkler subcontractor shows up, comes into this main communications room, carrying his big ladder. He says, I need to work on the sprinkler coupling up, on, up by the deck. And vendors in the room are like, okay, whatever. So he throws his ladder up, starts cranking on the bolts on the victolic coupling. One of the bolts shears, the coupling opens, water starts flowing which means just down the hall, about 200 feet, is the fire pump. So the fire pump kicks on. Then the water really starts flowing. It actually blew the sheetrock off the studs. So it's a two-inch sprinkler line with the full force of the fire pump behind it. And water ran for 20 minutes. It took them that long to shut the water off. And you can see on the right, uh, kind of the after picture, where the drywall's been cut out, the insulation's all removed because they're having to do the mold remediation and prevention. So, from that one little incident, 20 minutes, not that big a deal, that two-inch line flowed for 20 minutes. The total net, net incurred 
was $3.8 million. So when we talk about water damage losses, we're not talking about a little thing. We're talking about pretty big things. So a wet work permit system, if you think about it, it does a couple of things. It provides an awareness of work activities that have elevated loss exposures. So if you're, you know, when I go to job sites and I walk these buildings, especially in a high rise, anything over two or three stories, it's hard to know which trades are working where and what they're doing. You have weekly subcontractor meetings and, you know, there's a schedule, but still knowing exactly who's doing what is hard to keep track of. Uh, you have so many trades that are in a building once it's enclosed that it's you know hard to know who's using water, who's working on water-bearing systems. So a wet work permit provides that awareness. It gives the project team the chance to review the risks involved and the, lo the possible loss exposures and the prevention. So if, for example, I was a superintendent on a project and the sub came to me and said, I'm gonna be filling the domestic water system today. Okay, that, that's a pretty significant risk. That, we're talking a lot of water and you know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. So that gives that, uh, that risk mitigation conversation a chance to happen. Um, what are you gonna do if something goes wrong? It's probably the most important question to ask. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, the other thing is it provides for monitoring. Um, especially these days with BIM and other digital platforms that allow contractors to have plans on an iPad, right? Work locations can be flagged in the model. So then all of the superintendents who are out in the field know where the work is happening. Um, so it allows for more frequent inspections of the work that's taking place. The other thing that the permit system allows is uh, just like with a hot work permit where you have a hot, hot work watch, right? Once the work is finished, you have to have somebody there for 30 minutes. Well, with a lot of these water losses, uh, we see um, when systems are filled and energized for the first time, it happens on a weekend. So they fill the water system, and then to chlorinate the water and circulate it, you know, put the chemicals in and turn the circulation pumps on, and everybody goes home for the weekend. And that circulates the chlorine and sanitizes the system. That's great until it starts leaking at midnight on Friday night, right? That's when that 4 a.m. phone call happens. And I've heard a few of those, so <laughs> I don't want to repeat that. So requiring a water watch, if they're filling a system for the first time, if the fire sprinkler guy says, I'm going to fill zone one on the first floor, great. You're gonna have somebody there for two hours after the system is filled to make sure no couplings break, no valves are open, no heads get knocked off, because that's when the losses happen. So a lot, having that option to say you are gonna have a water watch is important. And then the last uh, thing on the list there is last person out or a job shutdown inspection. If you know that this work has been happening and the subcontractor tells you he's done for the day, you can then go look and take that last look and make sure everything's buttoned up and put away properly. So I want to go back to the example loss real quickly uh, and kind of close the circle, if you will. 
when, when I got out to that job site, about, I think it was two months after the loss had happened, we had a root cause analysis meeting, and we found out that the subcontractor employee who went down to the communications room was new on the project. He was an experienced technician, but he was new to that project. So he didn't know where things were. He actually went in the wrong room. The room he was supposed to go in was next door. But because he went in the wrong room, with all the equipment, the loss was uh, rather significant. The second strike was that he worked on an energized system. That's a no-no for any trade, right? If you're an electrician, you don't work on an energized uh, circuit or an energized panel. You have to de-energize it to take the risk out of it. Same thing with water. If you have a pressurized system, you want to valve off the line you're going to work on. So if anything happens, you're only exposed to the amount of water in that one section of pipe. He didn't do that. And the third strike, which caused the loss, was that when, when the fitting broke, he didn't know where the valves were to shut the water off. So the water ran for 20 minutes because he had to go call his boss and say, what do I do? So that's that kind of that trifecta that a wet work permit would address. Do you know where you're going? Are you going to work on an energized system? No, you're not. And what do you do if something goes wrong? And that's really the benefits of a wet work permit system. The other advantages, it's a culture we're already used to. Contractors already know to do hot work permits. That's kind of ingrained in the in the system already. So it's not a new behavior, it's an extension of an existing behavior to a new risk. It doesn't cost anything, right? Especially if you're gonna do the permits electronically. So you don't have to pay for printing, you don't have to pay for a new program. It's, it's a very simple one-page form that people already know how to do. So um, we've got the, we came up with a sample template for a wet work permit. It's a one-page form. Uh, it's available on our website. You can see the link uh, there on the screen. Um, if you go to axaxl.com uh, and search fast, fast forward, you can find it. So uh, thanks for your attention. Hey, thanks for listening. Go to ermy.com for more information and be sure to subscribe there to Ermy Podcast for more talks like this and to be notified when a new episode is released.